Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. I have Jared Jones. He is a senior partner in Partners in Leadership. Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Excited to be here. All right. You are the senior partner in leadership um, in Partners in Leadership, and you've consulted with CEOs, senior leadership. You've worked with half of the Fortune uh, 50 companies around the globe. You've got a great accolade. Give us a little more color about yourself, and then I want to get into uh, the accountability questions that you bring up about working with these these companies. Yeah, we work with a lot of senior leaders. The questions of leadership come up. The questions of how do we get accountability in our organization come up all the time. Um, I get to spend a lot of time interacting with different organizations all over the globe, so I've been able to kind of pull together all these different perspectives. And the things that we do at Partners in Leadership is try to get best practices back out there, things that we've learned from our clients, things that we've learned from our research and data, and basically come a resource to really sharing those best practices throughout the throughout the globe. Okay. Now, um, for the last 18 years, 70% of the American workforce uh, has either been actively or passively uh, disengaging at work. How do you re-engage the workforce? Yeah, it's amazing the data. I mean, we've been working on engagement probably more in the last two decades than in the history of the world, yet the scores have never been lower. And so you have to start asking yourself, what is all this work on engagement really doing? We think the answer to this, at least from our experience at Partners in Leadership and our observation, the answer to the engagement question is not really engagement. The answer is really accountability. Are people taking accountability? Are they do they really do they know what accountability really looks like? And it's interesting because you'll hear people say, "I know accountability is important. I think I'm an, an, an accountable person," but I, all these other people need more accountability in my organization. And so we always think we're okay, but everyone else needs needs work. And so there's a definition gap here when we're looking at ourselves versus looking at others, and it actually cuts into this engagement issue because when you're not taking accountability, you're typically focused on the things you can't control, you're getting frustrated, you're you're spinning into a cycle that's actually not helping you. And so we think that's a bigger part of the problem. Now, I have a friend of mine that asked me to, to ask you a question. Um, they work at a, um, a nonprofit that's been around for well over 80 years. And there's a lot of um, employees that work at this nonprofit, have been there forever. And the, what do you do to get them to embrace change and not say, well, we've been doing it this way forever, and now it's time to get the, the workforce to embrace new technology, new processes, new methodologies into an evolving um, industry sector? Yeah, we, we hear something often. People will say, we're great in a crisis. What's interesting about that statement is, well, what makes us great in a crisis? That next question is actually more important. Well, what makes you great in a crisis is a couple of key things. One, there's urgency. You know exactly why you have to fix whatever this crisis is. If the building's on fire, I know why I gotta get out of the building. Second element is I know exactly what the outcome needs to be. It's get out of the building. 
The third thing that happens, which is actually really interesting in businesses, nonprofit, for-profit, wherever, government, you name it, is when there's a crisis, we tend to say something really interesting. We say, I know that's the way we normally do things. We can't do it that way right now because we have to get this result. In other words, we know how to be effective. We just don't normally do it that way. So when you start looking at these elements, those three pieces, we know that the reason why we need to do what we do, we're clear on the outcome. It's There's no question on what it is that we're trying to do, and we know exactly when we've done it. And then third, we suspend some of the current thinking that's holding us back. We're willing to let go of some of that to move in the right direction. So when you're trying to get an organization moving, you've got to tackle all three elements of that in a unique way to get people to move and create change. All right. Um, thank you for that answer. Uh, so in today's world of constant change, you know, there's a lot of pressure to do things faster and, and get things done um, with more mm. accountability. Delivering the needs and the results, how are you getting that message to your clients? Yeah, well, the accountability piece is, is really interesting because kind of where I was starting to go earlier, mm -hmm. we hear people say we need more accountability in our organization. Well, accountability for what? Are, are we talking about just anything or are we talking about something really, really specific? What we try to help senior leadership teams do right out of the gate is define that what very clearly. Uh, so in other words, what are the most important three or four things that you have to deliver as a business? Now, what's interesting about that is in organizations, we typically have everyone set up their goals and it's mostly by silo or department or division within an organization. When you can set those key results at the top of the house though, the three or four most important things that everything else has to line up under, well, now you can actually start to have questions around priority because if these are the top three, what's my group doing that's impacting those top three the most? And what's this other group and this other group and this other group doing to impact those three? Now we have to make trade-off conversations and have those trade-off conversations and make decisions around that. So when you want a team to collaborate and come together and work together, you have to start by defining what winning looks like for the whole team. In sports, we know exactly what it means to win because we have a scoreboard up there. And whether you're the offense or the defense or whatever it is, you know what winning looks like because that scoreboard's telling you where you're at. We kind of fall down on this in businesses a lot. We don't clearly define the end state, that result that we need to achieve as well as we think we do. And we don't create enough understanding in the organization around it so that we can have these really important conversations that link us together instead of us being stuck in our own little silo with our own little set of results. Is that, I don't know if that answers the question as well, but that's kind of where my head went when you asked the question. It does. Now, you have another statement it's, that you've made. It, it's called determining your impact if you want to be successful. Bring that out. Embellish that for me. Yeah, good. So, yeah. So, when you think about accountability, so we define accountability quite simply as with a model we call the steps to accountability. We put a line right across the middle. And then above the line, we put some steps, seeing it, owning it, solving it, doing it. And when you think about those four things, if you're really going to take accountability for something, you have to see what's going on. You have to understand the reality of your situation. You have to take personal ownership for that. Then you have to solve the issues that come up and then you have to execute and do it. So see it, own it, solve it, do it. That's how we define accountability. When you're below that line, if it's stressed out, you're usually coming up with all the you're focusing on all the things you can't control. It's not my job, confusion, tell me what to do. 
uh, finger pointing. There's all kinds of things that happen down their bloodline. Wait and see. We just we'll just wait and see if it gets better. So you start what accountability really looks like and how to create an impact in an organization. You have to get yourself above the line. It's soon they get below the line and get stuck. We've all been there. We all do it on a regular basis. In fact, it's it's the path of least resistance. If something's not working, I can just blame all these other things and come up with all these excuses to justify why I'm there. But getting above the line and getting really clear on how do I see it, own it, solve it, do it, that's how I link how I'm in the result we're trying to achieve or whatever it is we're talking about delivering on. Now, following up on that, because you make other statements around defining your impact that are in ways that are memorable, meaningful, and measurable. How do you relay yeah. that to the workforce? Yeah, so those key results, when we get with a senior leadership team and we tell them, look, you, we, you gotta define that end state, those key results for the entire organization. Mm-hmm. Meaningful, measurable, memorable are the three pillars we use to make sure that we've got a good result. It's gotta be meaningful to the entire organization or you have to at least help make it meaningful. You have to describe why it's meaningful in a way that's compelling. The memorable piece is only having three or four. We often have 80 or we have way too many metrics that we're throwing at people in the organization and they're just getting completely frustrated by the the number of things we're being asked to have or they're being asked to remember. The measurable piece is very, very simple. We've been, I mean, this has been taught for for a century. You've got to have things measurable. If you can't measure it, you can't move it. And so when you put those three things together when it comes to results for the entire organization, well, the same principles apply and are just as important when you're talking about yourself. Well, what am I going to be doing in the next six months, eight months, 10 months, a year, even two months? Well, have I defined that in a way that's meaningful, measurable, memorable for me and so that I can even get other people around me to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing? So those three M's are really important. Okay, so it's not just a senior leadership. You've got to break that down into it all the way down to the bottom line, the front soldier making those three statements come home to them, not just to senior leadership that speaks to the crew. It's the crew Perfect. buying into it. Am I right? That's right. So think about you think you're a busboy in a restaurant. The restaurant's got a five percent profit margin target. Well, you're a busboy. Well, what do you you don't you don't drive five percent profit margin, right? Well, we actually did this with a restaurant chain. We went into one of the restaurants. We grabbed a busboy. We were working with another client. We were in town. We went into this this client of ours. So we pulled this busboy aside. We knew they'd been working this throughout the organization, and we said, Hey, what's your job? The busboy looked at us a little strange and said, I'm a busboy. We said, we know you're a busboy. What, what does that really mean? What's your job here? And he looked at us for a second. He's probably thinking, like, who are these guys? Like, why are they asking me this question? But he thought for a second, and then he says, gets a big smile on his face, my job's 5% profit margin. Now, we thought, great, he, he can regurgitate the answer, but does he get it? So we pushed him. We're like, come on, you're a busboy. How are you impacting 5% profit margin? He responded back and said, if I clean these tables faster, we seat every we seat more people every hour. The more people we seat every hour, the higher our profit margin goes. That that kid's a 17-year-old kid, by the way. That kid got it. Now the question is, does that tell you more about that kid or that kid's boss? Well, the answer is both, because the, the boss sat down and, and explained it to him at some level. But that kid also took personal accountability, age in that. But he understood that there's a couple of key things he has to do every night to drive 5% profit margin. I got to clean tables faster. And there was a few others, right, with not breaking dishes when you're slamming them into the tins, right, because that destroys profit margin. So he had a few key things that he knew were meaningful, measurable, memorable for him as a busboy as it related up the chain to the key results for the entire 
uh, chain of 5% profit margin. Now, you just started to go there. I'm going to drive it home. Getting all people from the top to the bottom to ask the right questions. So in, in a way to define the purpose of the mission of the company, the mission of the project, break that out for us. Yeah, it's, that's back to that why or the case for change. Why, it's the urgency piece in the crisis. What, what's creating urgency or what's creating a need for me to do something different, think different, different? If you don't have that why compelling, compelling enough to get people to do something different than they're already doing, anytime you're asking people to make change, there's, there's work to that. It, you have to create some, some movement out of something that wasn't already moving. And so it's the path of least resistance is to stay status quo and not do anything different. So you have to give people a reason to step into that change space and actually do something very different. That's where that case for change and that urgency starts to come from, just like it does in the crisis. You also make another statement I wanted to bring out. Don't wait for things to be clear and better. Open that one up. Yeah, you know, oftentimes we're describing this as if we're working with a senior executive team in every organization and they're defining those three to four key results right out of the gate and you've got them. Well, the reality is most people listening to this right now are going, my senior leader hasn't defined our key results and it's all over the map and I have no idea what's most important. Well, a couple of things that are really important in that case. One, ask questions. Get to the point where you're asking the right questions. Take accountability for getting your own clarity on what's most important. In other words, you can help create that clarity just by asking the right questions more often. If it's not even possible to do that, well then just look at your own team. You're smart, make some assumptions about what's most important given all the data you do have at your disposal and define three or four key things that your team needs to deliver on and make sure those are meaningful, measurable, memorable. And if you're an individual contributor, it's the same thing just at your level where you're sitting. Now, staying focused when things get complex, because they do, and they come at you yeah. from all different directions in an unexpected fashion. This is, a, I think, a very key role. Open, open that door for me. That's where that above the line, below the line language becomes really helpful. In fact, in the book Propeller, we've written a great deal about that. You, it's so easy to get stuck, just exactly what you're describing. When things start coming at you and all the minutia starts coming, it's so, and it's so comforting in some cases to just say, well, it's not my fault. Look at all this stuff coming at me because you feel better in that moment that it's not your fault. Yeah. But when you really break it down and look at the result you need to achieve, it's not helping you. Right. It, it's keeping you from achieving your result. Because when you're below the line, you're actually coming up and spending your time coming up with the story to explain why you can't deliver the result. Just think about that for a minute. Your time is being spent on why you can't do it. So if you can reorient that time back above the line where you're seeing it, you understand the reality of your situation, you're owning it, you're solving it, you're doing it. If you can be conscious in those moments when you do get kind of sucked below the line, how do I move back up? What do I need to see, own, solve, do? What can I control? Then you get more focused, more clear, you get better results, not just because of some magic that happens, 
because you're actually working on the result. When you're stuck below the line, you're working on the story to say why you can't get the result. So by definition, you're not gonna get the result when you're stuck down there in all the excuses. So it's a matter of that awareness and understanding that helps you consciously move into that space where you're focused and delivering better. Jared, I learned a lot from today's conversation. Thanks for being a guest on today's show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.